0: You're listening to Marriage Mania, where we are audacious, sagacious, and tenacious for the Lord to uphold godly marriages and to raise fervent children who are countercultural and stand for biblical truth.
1: Welcome back. We're so excited to have you again. I am Tanya.
0: And I'm Michael.
1: And today we're going to jump into our series of Christian history. And so if you have not had a chance to listen to our previous podcast, we kind of gave an overview of why we do Christian history. So before we get started, please subscribe here, and we'll get started. So today, we're going to be talking about Jonathan Edwards. So Michael, give us an awesome overview about who this man is.
0: Yes, I mean, we're talking about incorporating church history into our family Bible studies in addition to reading the Bible— and talking about notable people of our faith to inspire our Christian walk. For an example of how we do it, we're going to talk about Jonathan Edwards in the 1700s, the great preacher during the Great Awakening, a time of awesome revival. Jonathan Edwards was credited with contributing greatly to this revival or. Awakening with his powerful sermons and his writings, known for his most famous sermon, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God, yeah. that God is a God of Wrath. But he also had great sermons about justification by faith alone, and it's by God's grace that we are saved from his wrath. Mm-hmm. He is known as one of the greatest theologians in history. Jonathan Edwards was also known as a strong family man and discipler of their 11 children. Yeah. Him and his wife, Sarah, they had a, a loving marriage. They cherished afternoon horseback. Rides on forest trails and spent a lot of loving moments together. Uh, The great preacher George Whitfield wrote, I have never seen such a sweeter couple. Jonathan Edwards was a a loving father and spent an hour each day with his children as a daily habit. And he took each of them on trips one at a time for one-on-one time with his children. They had nightly devotions. Jonathan Edwards stressed that parents are pastors of their homes to Mm -hmm. shepherd their flocks. He and his wife, Sarah were ardent teachers of the Bible to their children. Sometimes pastors and preachers can get so involved in the Lord's work, and shepherding their church, that they spend 120 hours a week doing so and neglect their own families. That was not Jonathan Edwards. He shepherded the church and his little church, his family, both he and his wife, Sarah, as a team. His partnership with his wife was so strong. Jonathan Edwards' last words were, give, me, give my love to my dear wife and mm. tell her that the uncommon union, which has long lasted between us, has been of such a nature as I trust is spiritual and therefore will continue forever.
1: Wow. I mean, that is amazing us being a marriage ministry, that should be an amazing example to us from Jonathan Edwards. I mean, just the love that he had for his wife, the shepherding that he had over his children, and the importance of wanting to disciple and raise up the next generation. That's exactly what we stand for. And so this really hits home for us.
0: Yes, and it had an awesome impact. A, a historian tracked down 1,400 of Jonathan and Sarah's descendants and found 80 college presidents, professors and deans, 100 lawyers, 66 doctors, wow. 80 political leaders, three senators and three governors, countless preachers and missionaries, and one vice president. Wow. It, His life shows the importance of godly parents and leadership of their children, especially in contrast to another study that was conducted where a sociologist traced the family trees of criminals in the New York prison system and found that 42 different men in the prison system could trace their lineage back to one individual this man named by the name of Max Jukes, who was characterized as a sort of two-bit criminal, you know, not a criminal godfather of a crime family, just kind of like a two-bit criminal, a drunk in and out of jail. You know, what kind of legacy did he leave? And they saw that his descendants included seven murderers, 60 thieves, 190 prostitutes, 150 other convicts, 310 paupers, and 440 drunks um, these contracting legacies of Jonathan Edwards and Max Jukes gives examples of what sociologists call the five generation rule how a parent raises their children the love they give the values they teach the emotional environment they offer the education they provide influences not only their children but the four generations to follow good or bad studies show that parents have a strong influence on their children and also on four generations. To follow. So, you know, this example in church history challenges us as parents to ask ourselves, what legacy am I leaving as a parent?
1: Exactly. I mean, this is amazing. And, you know, this is one thing I'm super passionate about. I really um, love the fact that we are trying to train up our child to know Jesus and the legacy because we definitely, if that's all that we can do in this life, then we've been successful to be able to teach Jesus Christ to our kids is astronomical, and not just that, it impacts us, it, it convicts us to do better, and not that we're doing it for works because Jesus has already paid it all. And you know, if you have repented and accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are in the family, you are righteous, but also it's about you're you're striving to hit the mark. You're striving to walk in righteousness. You're striving to walk like Christ. And so Jonathan Edwards is just such a great example of a man of integrity, a man who trusted the Lord, a man who focused on his family, focused on his legacy. and it's so impactful to us.
0: Yes, and it reminds me of Hezekiah oh, in, yes. in the Bible, who was a faithful king. God told him he would die and to get his house in order, but he humbled himself and pleaded with God, and God gave him 15 more years. But then he got prideful and bragged about what he had to a Babylonian envoy, like giving the fox a tour of the chicken coop. And Isaiah the prophet told him, what did you do? That was not wise. Now your sons will be taken captive and made eunuchs. Mm -hmm. Your legacy will end. And Hezekiah said, what you said is a good thing word, for I will have peace in my lifetime, which to me is kind of a strange thing to say. Hezekiah seems unconcerned about his legacy. If I got that news, I would hope that I would fall on my knees in distress, like when Hezekiah found out he would die and pleaded for more time. He should have done the same and pleaded for forgiveness for not asking the Lord's counsel before giving the enemy a tour of his kingdom and all the riches they could steal and plead that this would affect me and not my legacy, if anything. Our job as parents, as mandated by Deuteronomy 6, is to raise our children to be so strong in the Lord that they want to pass on this truth to their children and to their children and then to their children. I want to follow the example of Jonathan and Sarah Edwards.
1: I am with you, and I totally agree that story of Hezekiah because he had an amazing prayer. I love Hezekiah. There was some amazing things that he gave us great examples on, but then he failed on really looking at the legacy, looking at the next generation. And that's definitely not what we want to do. We're not here for ourselves. The Lord gives us children because they're a good gift, and we are to steward over their lives by reflecting Jesus and teaching them about Jesus. And so Jonathan and Sarah Edwards are an amazing example of Christian history.
0: Yeah. Now, there are plenty of examples where people rise above their upbringing and determined to do things differently and follow the Lord and disciple their children, even though it was not modeled for them by their parents. And And in contrast, there are children who reject their godly upbringing and become... Prodigal children And and the faith does not get passed on To the next generation They raise kids who are not in the faith Parents aren't the only influence in this world and And this is a world full of horrible influences That we need to work hard to protect them from But we can't protect them from them all And ultimately we have to release them Into the world at some point To make their own decisions mm-hmm. With hopefully a strong Christian faith As their base And desire to resist the evil temptations Of this world But some make the wrong decisions and go down the wrong path despite their upbringing. We can't control all that. Our job as parents is to give our children this strong Christian foundation. And if we do our job, the Bible says, raise up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Our children still have a free will to make their own decision to follow God's ways or not. But the example of Jonathan and Sarah Edwards shows us that we increase the odds of our children following God's ways. If we do our job as parents to disciple them in the Lord, and we increase the odds that they won't follow God's ways if we don't. That's a sobering reality.
1: This is great. Just to get an overview of Jonathan and Sarah Edwards and how we can talk about that in our families. And if you want to learn more about Jonathan Edwards, just research that more so you can bring more amazing information into your home and your devotionals. This was great. I really enjoyed the overview. So, Follow along as we continue to talk about different men and women in Christian history and how it can impact your family and just impact you. And so thank you for following along. And until next time,
0: God bless.